you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, praise team. You guys are amazing. We're so blessed. Aren't we blessed to have a great, wonderful team who leads us in the worship? I don't know if they're feeling sorry for the Gamecocks or for Alabama, but I see a whole lot of burgundy going on. I don't Neither one. I got called out too, you know. I put on a, a blue sweater and, and I started thinking that, uh, I started thinking, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. So I said, hmm, let's change that one. God is good, isn't he? Somebody said uh, <clears throat> over this past week, you know, we ate a tremendous amount. And they said, if we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I'm trying to be a mega church. <laughs> I don't know. I told people I'm more on the level now than I've ever been because my bubble's in the middle. I stepped on those, you know, one thing you should never do is step on the scales after Thanksgiving. You should wait about mid-December till you've worked that off, right? I stepped on the scales and said, get off, heavy load. Oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> so did you have a good time? How many traveled out of town? I guess I'm the only one. A few of us did. We, we made it back safe yesterday. It was a great time spending with my mother-in-law. She's an Alabama fan. I love her. But we had a good time visiting with Kim's folks. And her sister came over from Memphis. And uh, had a good, good time. We ate and ate. And ate, and ate, and just kept on eating. I think she was ready for us to go. I mean, you bring, look, these boys might be skinny, but they're like tapeworms. I mean, they eat, and an hour later, what's for, what's for next? You know, what's for second lunch, or what's for third lunch, you know? It is what it is. You know, I'm, um, <clears throat> I'm excited because this is the first Sunday, as, as Tim was talking about, the debate. You know, I thought there was actually one more Sunday in <clears throat> November. And then I looked at the calendar and said, oh, this is the beginning of Advent, you know. This is the first Sunday of, of Advent where we look at um, the coming uh, of Christ. We start celebrating the fact that Jesus came. How many are thankful that Jesus came amen amen and the great promise that we have is that he didn't just come but he promised that if I came I'll come again right and that's the great exciting time and and so I want to uh, over the next couple weeks I want to talk about um, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 Isaiah chapter 9 
verse 6. And uh, look, look at some of the names which was given to uh, Jesus in this time. For, uh, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Wow. Those are awesome names, right? Those are names that inspire hope. Those are names that give us uh, consolation, gives us encouragement to know that, that He is a mighty God. Amen? That He is one who offers us a, a, a wonderful counsel, and we can trust in Him. And today I want to talk about wonderful counselor, but when I look at the Scripture, I think of the context in which it was written in, and I, and I have to look back at the words and in Isaiah chapter 8, and, and, and the language was kind of ominous. It was dark. It was foreboding. People were rejecting God's ways, and, and they were walking and living in darkness. They were in despair. Despair was rampant on the nations. It was kind of a, a dark time. Distress was common, and pressure was on every side. Literally, an enemy was lurking in the shadows, ready to attack them, called the Assyrians. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? When you look at our day, a day seems like a lot of people are in despair. A lot of people are in distress. A lot of folks are walking in darkness, living in darkness. And you look at these people, and, and, and I'm sure there was a fear. Uh, there was a stress going on in their lives. Why were they afraid? Why were they in this position? Why was... Was it because the enemy was poised at their border? Was it because the Assyrians, the powerful, vicious enemy, the Assyrians were right there ready to pounce on them? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that if you look at Israel and the position that they were in, you have to realize that they, were, that they literally had lost sight of God. How many, how many have known somebody's lost sight of God? It's a bad place to be, isn't it? It's a bad place to find yourself. They lost sight of God. They lost hope. They lost their trust. They lost their focus uh, on who Christ, who God was. And, and so therefore God sent Isaiah in to, to recover their sight, if you will, because those, the days of God's nearness were gone. The days of God's revelation was gone. The, the days of God's great work was gone. The days of God's glory was gone. The days where, where the word of God was brought forth and was bringing hope was gone. And so therefore, in all of their despair, and all of their trials, they were, they were desperate for something and they were looking for something. We find there in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19, says, when they, when they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? The law or the teaching and the testimony, if, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. Verse 21, they will pass through the land hard-pressed and famished, it will, and it will turn out that when they are hungry, they will be enraged and curse their king and their God as their face, as their face upward. Then they will look to 
their earth. Behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away in darkness. Wow. Looking for answers, they thrust themselves into looking at all different kinds of mediums, all different kinds of methods. I mean, how many people are looking for other methods that, rather than God? Looking to palm readers. You know, I, I always thought it was funny when you're coming back from Knoxville uh, on the right, there's a palm reading place. And my mind thought, you know, for all these years, I mean, literally 15 years ago, I was thinking, well, that won't last long. And it looks like the place has doubled in size. I mean, people are looking for palm readers. They're looking for Madame Balboa's astrological charts. They're looking at all of these different things to find some kind of significance, some kind of word that will give them direction. They're going to the Chinese restaurants, pulling out their you know, little thingy, and yes, this is what's meant for my life today. Well, if you're finding hope in that, buddy, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> All along, in the midst of that, they're literally cursing God. The, the, the way you can actually interpret that is not only they curse God looking upward, but it also can signify they were cursed by God. Because how many understand that Jeremiah tells us that, that the man who trusts in his own heart is cursed already, right? Walking under a curse because of their own trust in themselves. How many know that you don't have all the answers? How many understand that we don't have all of the enlightenment or all of the revelation that God has? And so therefore, if we trust in our own abilities and our own thoughts, we will find ourselves struggling. Amen. Amen. It's interesting, but God says in verse 20 that they will need... What they need is the teaching and the testimony. In other words, just look to God's word and you will find what you need. You know what's uh, unique to me was I look at that when it says in verse 20, the, the law or the teaching and the testimony. It, it brings about a different understanding for me because when I think about that, today we would say, well, you know, we just need to bring our Bible out and read the Bible. But you've got to realize they didn't have a Bible, so to speak, with them in every home of, you know, they, they had to go somewhere. Where they had to go? They had to go to the temple. And so when he says, what you need is the teaching and the testimony. How many know the Bible says in Revelation that we live by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? You can't hear somebody else's testimony unless you're sitting beside them and saying, hey, what's up, Jim? How's life treating you today? In other words, you've got to be connected. You've got to be a part of the body of Christ. You know, it, it is in that context that we hear the teaching and the testimony. And God's saying, you need each other. Amen. You know, you get sick and you're out for a week and you feel like, oh, man, I just, I just miss. I miss those folks. I miss hanging around. I miss the encouragement. I miss cutting up. I miss the laughing and the, the enjoyment of being a part of, of the body of Christ. Amen. But we need to understand something. The, this, this recent uprising of spiritualists, spiritualists you know, I mean, it's, it's funny. If you stay up too late, I don't know if y'all stay up too late, right? I mean, 
They have these psychic people coming on the TV now, right? Call this 1-800-PSYCHIC. We'll tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, look. There's an old song that says, call him up, call him up. Tell him what you want. Call him up and call him up. Tell him what you want. Right? Jesus on the main line. Right? Look, you can go to every psychic you want to. You can go to all these different you know, mediums, but there's only one source of truth, and it is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. You want to know something, you go to Jesus. He has the answer. Amen. But you see, the culture that, that Isaiah was in was much like that of today. People were searching all the uh, wrong places. They were looking at all the wrong places to try to find truth. And, and, and here they were. And, but yet, Isaiah was sent to bring life. He was sent to bring hope. And, and he says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. And I, I'm going to read from the New Living. Sorry, guys. I'm throwing this on you. It says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. Those who are in darkness will see a great light. How many know that this world needs to see some light? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, right? If, if, if we are his children, if we are the body of Christ, then we are the light of the world. And so therefore, as we go, we are the ones carrying about a light that the world will see, and we are the bearers of hope. Amen? Those in darkness will see a great light. I mean, literally it goes on, it says, joy will replace despair. Verse 3, it says, Israel will again be great, and its people will rejoice. As people rejoice at harvest time, they will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder. Wow goes on and says in verse 4, says, For God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian with Gideon's little band. How many know that the chains need to be broken? Amen. The chains need to be broken off. And the, and the enemy's power will be broken for those who are surrendered to the king amen then isaiah says that this will all be fulfilled because of the birth of this baby named jesus christ that's what we see in in verse nine i mean uh, verse six chapter nine can, can jesus really do all this can jesus really can, can can this baby accomplish all that god is saying yes amen I mean, you got to think about this. I mean, the whole book, not just a piece of the book, not just a chapter here and there, not a verse here and there, but the whole book is about Jesus Christ. It's about his fulfillment of things. It is about him. And so when you look at Revelation, it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, listen, it's all about life 
in Jesus Christ because apart from Jesus, it's meaningless. Apart from Jesus, it's clueless. Apart from Jesus, it's fatiguing. Apart from Jesus, it's empty and dark because without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no reason. There's no purpose. There's no way. There's no path. There's no future. And there's no forgiveness of sins. It is only through Jesus. Amen. At least that's what we believe, right? Amen. Amen. He's the light of life. He is the definition of life. He's the definition. He's the defining moment of life. He's the substance of life. He's the reason why everything exists. And that's what we believe. Thank you, Jesus. If you meet this Jesus, you will forever be changed. Amen? You won't go to the same places. You won't do the same things. Everything changes because of Jesus. And that's what we believe. Thank God. Amen. The difference is literally equated to the fact that there's dead versus alive, right? We were dead in our trespasses, but now we're alive in Christ Jesus. Thank God that you're alive. Look to somebody and say, wake up. Y'all are alive, aren't you? Some of y'all in some of food coma, right? <laughs> Turkey comatosis. <laughs> Yes. So in, in reality, what we're doing is we, we need to introduce people to Jesus. Why? Because everybody needs Jesus. Not just the sinner, not just the person out there doing bad things, but everybody needs Jesus because we can't live a Christian life without Jesus Christ. No matter how sanctified you feel you are, the Bible says be careful lest you fall. In other words, the only way we cannot fail or fall is through the blood of Jesus Christ, walking in Christ Jesus, being led by the Spirit of God. We need Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, He's a wonderful counselor. I know that sometimes we look at these words and in some versions actually separates them. Wonderful, comma, counselor. And I look at that and I realize it don't put mighty, comma, God. <laughs> right? Or does it? I didn't see that. I'm just kidding. It doesn't separate these things. So he is a wonderful counselor. Aren't you glad you got a wonderful counselor? That we can find... Counsel through Jesus Christ. No, Tim said that you can come to me for counseling, but I'm here to tell you that there's a greater counselor. Amen? And his name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. And this Jesus is the one God is sending into the world that he can transform things. Amen? He can, he can put life back into us. He can bring hope to us. He can reconcile us to God. And what an extraordinary, awesome presence of Jesus Christ to know that he is there to forgive us and reconcile us to God himself it is amazing don't you love when kids say that that is amazing wow yes the thing is, is he surpasses all expectations I mean so many times we we well, I don't know if God you know we have these little things in life or these struggles that we have or sometimes even big things. And I don't know that God can touch this. But let me tell you something. He's amazing. He's extraordinary. 
And when you look at that word, what does it mean? The one word wonderful, it literally means extraordinary, so vast that we can't understand the, the full meaning that, that Jesus would be beyond the bounds of all human expectations, that Jesus is wonderful. Wow. They talk about all the wonders of the world, but Jesus is full of wonder. Amen. Amen. The Bible says his name is Wonderful Counselor. That, that just in the name of Jesus is extraordinary. Just, that just the name of Jesus represents all the vast power, all the grace of Jesus himself. That just his name is beyond all that we expect. I mean, think about it. Philippians chapter 2 and 10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Come on, right? And I'm not just talking about right here on this earth, but I'm talking about in heaven and earth and underneath the earth, everything that hath breath will praise God. Amen. Acts chapter 3 and 6 basically says, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. At the name of Jesus, you can ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done. At the name of Jesus, uh, no salvation can be given in any other name but the name of Jesus. That name is wonderful. Woo! Amen. Mmm. I could preach right now. Mm, 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 mm. His name is it's power to the believer. It's a threat to governments. It's the guarantee, guarantee of prayer. It's a menace to the devil. It's wonderful. It's powerful. You want to know what that kind of power is? Amen? I want to know that kind of power. I want to walk in his name. And if you want to know what kind of power that is, just look at the enemy. The world hates that name. Amen? They're doing everything they can to snuff out the name of Jesus. Everything they can to keep that name from being, uh, from being presented. I mean, they're, I mean, look, it's a crazy thing because atheists really do believe in God because if they didn't believe in Jesus, they'd let him alone. They walk around intimidated and in fear of this Jesus who they don't even believe in. At least they say they don't believe in him. But yet... They're doing everything they can to snuff him out because they're afraid. I mean, even one of the New Testament prophets said, look, just, just let Jesus do his thing. If he's not real, it'll all work out. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, because he is wonderful. He's the wonderful and more wonderful than wonder, amen? There was an old song that says, the wonder of wonders, oh, how could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men. The wonder of wonders, he died for my sin. How many of you have ever heard that before? About three of you. Come on. Amen. Amen. The wonder of wonders. You know, there's a verse that the inspirations actually didn't sing. It says, the wonder of wonders, as a father looked on. In eternity past, that this was his son. Had he, had he sent him to die on Calvary's tree, 
And that is the wonder of wonders to me. The wonder of wonders. Oh, how could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men. The wonder of wonders, He died for my sins. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that He is so wonderful. You know, if you look at the New Testament, you don't really see Him called wonderful. You see the word more amazed or amazing, right? I mean, you look throughout the New Testament, you see how Jesus responded to them because Jesus brought a fresh power. Jesus brought a fresh teaching. He brought a fresh grace. And you see that in Matthew chapter 7 and 28. They were amazed at his teaching. It was powerful and new. In Matthew chapter 8 and 27, they were amazed that the winds and the waves obeyed him. In Matthew chapter 13 and 54, they were amazed at who he was. Where did he get this power? And in Matthew chapter 15, 31, they were amazed at his healing power when the mute began to speak in Matthew chapter 21 and 20. They were amazed that the tree would obey him because he spoke and the tree withered. Can you imagine all of this wonder? Wow. You see, Jesus had no limitations. He wasn't limited to time and space. He wasn't limited to the physical surroundings that surrounded him. When, when everything rolled off of his tongues, it reordered reality. It made broken muscles and tongues and bones and winds and clouds and demons. They all had to obey. Can you imagine when Jesus is on your side, amen, and he begins speaking into your situation, that how things begin to change? Amen? Mark chapter 1 and 27, they were amazed at how demons obeyed him. In Mark chapter 2 and 12, they were amazed at how paralyzed bodies sprang to life. In Mark chapter 6 and 51, they were amazed that he walked on water. And the great thing is, is that he brought an amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You going to come help me in a minute? Can't get no help. Thank God for grace. Thank God that Jesus came to offer us the greatest gift of love that, that we could ever imagine. That offered us the ability that not by works or not by anything that we could offer or give or not by how good we can be, but just because that he loved us and that we accept that love that we are able to have the grace of God to be reconciled with an almighty God. Wow. But you know, he wasn't just wonderful, but he was a wonderful counselor. Wow. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, he is the sum total of all knowledge, of all wisdom, of all guidance, of all direction, of, of all truth, all counsel and insight. He knows everything about everything, and he is uh, never wrong, unlike your spouse. Ray? <clears throat> I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a counselor like that? Where you walked in and, you know, you laid on the couch. And they know all that's going on, right? They know not only what has happened in your past, but they know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And they can give you some guidance on what to do in those processes. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wow. I mean, think about it. This counselor, Jesus Christ, 
as your advisor, he knows the depths of science. I mean, literally, he made the atom, and every day that the atom gets up, the atom has to ask, what are we going to do today, God? Right? <laughs> he knows the depths of science. He knows the depths of creation. He knows the depths of truth. Look, the world can try to snuff out truth, but let me tell you something. He is truth, and you can't snuff him out. He will be right every single time, and the truth shall set you free. Amen. Amen. He knows the depths of time, the past, the present, the future. He's already there. He knows the depths of our human condition, our weaknesses and our strengths and everything about us. And you can say, oh God, right? He knows us. I mean, you know, we get in the season right now, we see red suits and big white beards, right? And they think, well, he knows when you are sleeping. Right? There's not but one that knows that. And it's not Santa Claus, <laughs> it's Jesus. Amen? He already knows the plans of all men and women. He knows us. He knows it all. He's an outstanding counselor who loves us. And in spite of, in spite of everything else, he gives us joy. He gives peace in the midst of storm. He, he's ageless and timeless. He always works. He's 100% of the time. Amen? And, and he takes into account everything that, that we don't even know in giving us direction and wisdom and counsel. Romans chapter 11, 33-36 says it this way. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable is his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Wow. I mean, literally the... The disciples often scratched their heads as Jesus would talk, thinking, what in the world is this guy saying? Because they couldn't comprehend the, the heights and the depths of who he was, and, and they didn't understand the, the context in which he was speaking because Jesus was so deep. I mean, literally, this scripture saying God's mind is so deep, you'll never get to the bottom of it. God's mind is so complete that he is that his plan is perfect, even though it confuses us and we don't understand it. God's mind is so unsearchable that you cannot fathom what he is doing. He may be doing something today that has a, a, an effect 50 years from now, and we don't grasp it. Isn't that awesome? God's mind is beyond us. We're limited to what we see and hear and experience and even know, but to him, it is just like that. And he knows it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's a wonderful, amazing counselor. And we need to learn to trust him. We need to learn to depend on him. According to Isaiah, the light we have in the darkness, the thing that is going to lift our load, our ability to rejoice is all wrapped in his wonderful counsel. It's not because we know something, but it's because we know the one who knows everything that we can trust in him. Amen? Amen. 
Come play something. I'm going to land this ship. Somebody's turkey's calling. The one thing, two things. The one thing we need to, number one thing we need to grasp is that Jesus is a reality. When a world is trying to dismiss the truth of who Jesus is, I mean, the fact is, is you can't just you you can't just go up to somebody, and and say, "Well, the Bible says so." I mean, you can't you can't do that any longer. I mean, I I, I get it that we're still in the Bible belt, and and some were raised, you know, that this was truth. Let me tell you something, folks. We're living in a world where the truth has been denied. They've done everything they can to diminish what this word says. They try to go through science. They try to go through uh, logic. They, they try to go through philosophy. And they go through every avenue to see what they can to diminish what this is. That this is the word of God. They dismiss it as just a historic book. They dismiss it as a bunch of broken writers who put together a man, manuscript to try to describe something that they believe. But we need to know that we know that we know that we know that Jesus is real. It has to be the depth of our experience that we know. Look, you know what you used to be before Jesus. Amen? Dennis, stand up, right? I, I'm not going to tell your testimonies. That's your, that's your business. Come walk with me. I love this guy right here. You know, the fact is, is that, can I tell a little bit of it? Dennis said you wouldn't want to know me without Jesus because Dennis grew up right here in this old town near here no Virginia oh gosh we gotta play Virginia next week Hooked on drugs, broken by it all. Drugs led him to do some things that caused him to be in jail for 10 years. 11 and a half. He probably knows the day. But you know what? What would He got out, is it 1997? 93. Y'all know my memory's good, right? In 93. But you know, the thing is, is that you were raised knowing about Jesus. But somewhere along the way, lost track. But you found Jesus. And he radically changed your life. 
In reality, what happened is Jesus found him. And so you can't tell Dennis that Jesus isn't real. Because Jesus radically changed his life. And then he met this beautiful wife he has. And she's hung around him and stuck with him through thick and thin. And she knows Jesus too. No other way. Amber, walk with me for a minute. You see this precious thing right here? There's this this little girl. She, there's she could do anything bad. Right? I mean, you're perfect, right? No. That beautiful smile. And... You know, you can't tell her that Jesus isn't real. Because being hooked on drugs and that, trans that messing up your life. And Jesus came in and delivered you and set you free. You don't want to go back because you know Jesus is real. He's amazing. He's amazing. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. Look, some of you prayed for this guy, didn't you? Mama, mama was like, please pray for my boy. And, and she put an S on it. Boys. You know, he was living a lifestyle that, that many condemn. I believe you're mature enough to handle this. He even got married to a guy. In brokenness, didn't he? It was a broken life. But he knew what he was raised in. And it was that Jesus was the only way. One day as he was going down the road in his car, the Holy Ghost hit. And he just began to weep bitterly, crying out to God. And God with loving arms says, Son, I love you. <laughs> if you can do anything, God, you can change us. You know Jesus is real, don't you? Absolutely. Because <laughs> he changed your life. Look, I've just shared three stories. The fact is, is I could go through this room and one by one tell your story. And you would say, if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know where I would be. There's a world who needs to know the reality of Jesus. And we need the testimony and the teaching. They need it. And we're the bearers of the testimony and the teaching. This world needs you. 
Because you know the wonderful counselor. That he has transformed your life. That he has taken your broken pieces. He's brought healing and hope in you. And you might say, well look, I'm not there yet. But guess what? You're still here. Because you believe. There's a generation of people outside these walls who need to know that Jesus is real. And just as he transformed your life, he can transform theirs. Why? Because he is supreme. He's all-powerful. Look, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Amen? Yeah. Everyone, every historical figure will have to bow. Whether it be Hitler or Mussolini, Obama or Trump. Everyone will bow at the name of Jesus. And we need to lead people to that Jesus. That's what this season's about. It's not about stocking stuffing, Christmas trees, about buying gifts. It's about Jesus. Look, I'm not against all of that. You might be the redneck who puts the Walmart bags up in front of the fireplace. I'm just saying. Black magic marker. <laughs> but the point is, is everybody needs Jesus. Can we use this season as an opportunity to show the light of the truth of who Jesus is? He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. And He is the Prince of Peace. Father, I thank you, God, for your truth. I thank you for your words. And Lord, I pray that we will allow you to be in us a wonderful counselor. God, that you'll bring peace to our home. God, that you'll bring opportunity to share this love with a broken world. It is your love that transforms everything. We can go out with hatred. We can go out with bigotry. We can go out with animosity against all that's coming against the body of Christ. But Jesus, you showed us a great and mighty way. Because when you came, you came in love. You came with peace. You came with truth. And you were willing to sacrifice it all to show them that love endures forever and I pray God that that we will carry this message to the world and demonstrate how wonderful and amazing you are through our testimony and through the teaching of your word in Jesus name Amen, Amen. I want to
want us to be praying for Deborah Spartman. Her, her mother passed away 